For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to The Range on the Believe Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. I'm Ralph Irvin, and today we are taking you on a trip. For some, it's the dream, the destination of a lifetime. For others, it's an annual pilgrimage. This resort features seven different golf courses, including one that has been recognized many times as the world's best. In fact, simply put, this is the home of golf. Yep, we're taking a trip to St. Andrews, and we're fortunate to be joined by the head of communications with the St. Andrews Lynx, Lori Watson, and he's here on the range. Lori, it is a pleasure to speak with you. Likewise, Ralph. Good to speak to you. Before we talk about St. Andrews, we always start our conversations by asking our guests, when did golf enter into your life? Oh, good question. Uh, older brother syndrome. So um, my dad was a very good golfer, but um, due to ill health, couldn't play too much. But uh, my older brother had the bug. Uh, so I think probably when I was about eight or nine years old, uh, from the northeast of Scotland, my brother joined uh, Marker Golf Club. And uh, I could see him having fun, getting the opportunity to play and, um, you know, envy. I was like, he's getting all these new toys. I remember him getting a set of Wilson Sam Snead irons. Uh, and I just wanted a set of those as well. So yeah, just just got the bug that way and I've been playing ever since. Obviously, it's led you to where you are now. You entered into a role with the Lynx in 2012. Can you describe what it felt like to enter into the world of St. Andrews, knowing that you get to represent the home of golf? Yeah, it was incredible, really. I mean, I'd, I'd, my background had been as a journalist and uh, marketing and PR. Uh, and then the opportunity came up to, to join the Lynx Trust. And, um, you know, as a golf fan and a, a golfer, to get the opportunity to come and work here was was a dream. I always remember the first couple of days driving into work, coming along uh, Station Road, and just sort of you know that iconic um, you know skyline of St Andrews opening up and kind of thinking, yeah, this is this is a pretty cool place to go work. And um, I'm still here, so um, they've kept me, uh, and I've I've thoroughly enjoyed it. It's a great place, great organisation. So uh, really enjoy it. With the coronavirus pandemic, there's been a lot of drastic changes around the world. Um, the game of golf shut down here in the U.S. for a month, month and a half, depending on where you were. What was it like in the U.K.? Was there a mass shutdown as well? Yeah, so, I mean, we were, uh, I'd say, early March. You know, we started to get an inkling that, you know, uh, there was going to be a restriction and possibly a shutdown. Um, we wanted to stay open as long as we, we could for our community of golfers locally so they could keep enjoying the golf courses. Um, I guess because it's such an integral part of life here as well, you know, we wanted to, to keep the facilities open. Um, but by the end of the March, you know, the restrictions were such that we we, we shut down. Uh, and probably for the first time, probably in the post-war era, uh, you know, there was no golf played in St. Andrews from the end of March till the end of May, uh, which is kind of surreal. And it, it kind of just became a, a place of exercise. A lot of the local residents would come out walking their dogs, going for runs each day. Um, but then reopened on the 29th of May and probably for about six to seven week spell. Um, we had a travel restriction in place, so it was only golfers within a five mile radius. Um, but that was fantastic to see the courses back open again. And, and for our ticket holders to get the opportunity to come out and play golf courses that had had, had essential maintenance on them, but hadn't really been touched for 
you know, two months. So um, the, the conditions were good. I would imagine that in a way, I guess that provided something of a traditional old course experience. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, a lot of the ticket holders referenced the, the fact that it almost felt as though they were getting to play an open championship, you know, in terms of the closure before the course is reopening um, so that there, there was, there wasn't many divots on the fairways and uh, you know, it was, it was looking, we had a good spring. So the courses were looking fantastic. With the restrictions that were in place, still are in place to, to an extent that that's limited uh, tourism planning, essentially, well, eliminating it mostly. Yeah. I mean, obviously we, you know, as well as having the relationship with the local ticket holders and the local community, we do rely on, you know, visiting traffic and visiting golfers who, who want to come here from around the world. So um, it was very much, um, you know, we've got a very stable trading model here. Um, you know, we, we've probably never encountered anything like COVID-19 before. So it very quickly became apparent that we would have to, to pivot um, and, and try to, you know, make light of the situation and see, see what we could do. So um, I think probably in mid-July, we started to change our focus and attention to, you know, the UK golfer who could come here. Uh, and, and really, I would say since the, the beginning of August, we've been very fortunate that that UK golfer has traveled from across the country to come and uh, experience the golf courses in St. Andrews, which has been, which has been great for us. And I think it's, it's, it's also been, um, you know, it's been fantastic just to hear the feedback and, you know, people who maybe a couple of years ago thought that, that they wanted to come and play here, but thought it wasn't possible or the place was too busy or they couldn't get the opportunity to play. They've, They've, they've really enjoyed having the opportunity to come and enjoy the old course and the other courses that we're, we're fortunate to have here. Now, since the reopening of the game here in the U.S., play has exploded. There's been record equipment sales, record rounds played. I mean, 20% increase in the month of August from 2019 to 2020. Um, has there been a similar effect there in Scotland or at St. Andrews? I mean, you talk about the resurgence of visitors from from within the country yeah no definitely i mean from a, a from a, a local perspective from the ticket holders who are you know the, the people who play here day in day out and we've seen those rounds from the end of may through to present day just explode like it has elsewhere as you say in the u.s which has been great to see and i think we've also seen that there's been more people who um who maybe have lapsed as golfers or you know maybe just didn't have quite the same enthusiasm for the game that they've they've come back and they're starting to come back to the golf courses and play which is fantastic to see and i think it just kind of it's been it's been great to see golf be one of the first sports that actually got to emerge out of of coronavirus and it's great to see all these all these people enjoying it and getting involved now there was also an effect there with you at uh, st andrews because the open championship was scheduled to be played in the old course next summer now it's been moved back a year yeah, absolutely. I mean, we'd been in constant dialogue with the, the RNA throughout the process and, and understood that, you know, there was, uh, you, know, you know, difficulties in staging the Open at Royal St. George's this year. Uh, and if, in some respects for us, um, you know, we knew that we would always be the 150th. So if there was going to be a delay at St. George's, the likelihood would be that we would, you know, roll back a year. Mm -hmm. um, I think uh, whenever the 150th takes place here, uh, and we really look forward to it happening here in July 2022, but it's going to be huge. It's going to be a great celebration of golf. And I think, you know, hopefully by that stage, we're through, the, you know, what, what the, the, the pandemic's been. And it'll serve as a sort of celebration and a sort of, um, you know, encouraging people to come back and see the old course in all its glory again. Now, one thing that there is a benefit is all those visitors who are planning to visit in 2020, many have pushed their plans back, just moved them back a year to 2021. This opens up the calendar for them. Yeah, so I mean, we definitely, what we wanted to do is, you know, the, the existing bookings we had, because there's a variety of ways that you can obviously come and play golf with us here, whether it's through private advanced reservations or traveling with an authorized provider, which is one of the many tour operators that we work with. You know, we wanted to you know, respect those bookings, 
uh, and, and a huge number of those bookings have, as you say, rescheduled into next year. Um, so we're just looking forward to welcoming those golfers to St Andrews and, and you know, hope, hope that there's no travel restrictions or anything that can impede their visit. Uh, but we're also conscious that um, you know, it is a bit of an uncertain time. You know, nobody necessarily knows what the start of 2021 is going to look like. So you know, we're, we're looking at ways and means that we can, we can make the experience as special as possible. And if there are opportunities that arise at short notice, perhaps, how do we you know, make those available to golfers so that they can come here? So, um, yeah, it's definitely a, a little bit different, but it's, it's also hugely exciting. It's a real opportunity, as you say, to come and uh, enjoy the links. Well, and it's a perfect uh, entry to this next question because when someone discusses visiting St. Andrews, the first thing that comes up, at least here in the States, is, well, how do you get on the old course? So let's look at it. What are the options? Well, so I would say, so pre, pre-COVID, uh, we kind of almost, uh, we have a timeline. So you could, you know, quite often a guaranteed old course tee time can be obtained through an authorized provider or a tour operator. Uh, and they'll usually have those tee times perhaps a year in advance. Um, then for other golfers who, who perhaps want to do their own thing a little bit more, who perhaps want to hire a car, plan their own accommodation, we have a process that we would usually run August and September called advanced reservations. And that's all done through our website. So the golfer logs on, indicates what dates they would like to, to play. And then we do a draw and inform that golfer if they've been successful in terms of getting their old course tee time plus, you know, another tee time on the, the new or the Jubilee or the castle course. Uh, and then we've got the ballot, which, uh, you know, a lot of people have heard about the ballot. A lot of people don't, don't believe the, the mythical ballot that takes place, but it's 48 hours in advance of a tea time. So um, if you, for instance, were visiting us, Ralph, um, on a, you want to play the old course on a Thursday, you would enter the ballot the Tuesday before 2 o'clock, and then by 4 o'clock, 4.30 that day, we would advise you whether or not you'd be successful. Um, and that would give you sort of 40 hours notice of your time on the old course. And then the last way, uh, um, which hasn't really taken place this year because of the restrictions, would be the, the singles line, as we call it. So uh, we have a facility just next to the, the first tee of the old course called the Old Pavilion, which opened in 2014. Uh, and that really cares for those golfers who have perhaps struck out in the ballot for a few days. Um, you know, they've been unable to get a tee time, but they really want to play the old course. And, and those guys will, you know, um, queue up overnight, waiting for our starter to arrive at six o'clock in the morning. And then our starter will try and pair them up with groups. Or if there's been a cancellation on the day, they might actually get out to play that way. Um, so it's been, um, it's been strange not seeing the singles line this year. But, uh, you know, th- those are, those are the, the, the key ways to, to get an opportunity to play with us. It's not just about the old course, though, because there are the other courses. And people can book those well in advance as well. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we are, we are blessed. You know, everyone knows St. Andrews kind of eats, sleeps, and breathes golf. Um, and that's very much the case with the Lynx Trust in terms of the golf offering we have. We've got seven golf courses here, six 18-hole golf courses, and a nine-hole course. Um, and, you know, if, if you're, everyone's drawn to the old, but there's no denying that, you know, if, if the new and the Jubilee, for instance, weren't adjacent to them, um, they would be, you know, championship courses that everybody would travel to play of their own accord. You know, the new course is just a fantastic uh, golf course. The world's oldest new course, uh, you know, Tom <laughs> Morris, Tom Morris designed. Um, and yeah, speaking personally, one of my favorite golf courses here. Uh, the Jubilee is a little bit different task. You know, it goes right out to the Eden Estuary, out ahead of the Estuary. Um, probably one of the tougher golf courses that we've got on the links. And then you've got the Eden, which was a Harry Colt design, 1914. Um, you know, front nine of that golf course is just fantastic. Great green structures, uh, really good fun to play. The Strathtidham and the Balgova are probably, you know, more aimed at, you know, sort of entry level into golf. Or, mm-hmm. you know, if you're on a, a trip over here and you've played 18 holes somewhere else, 
but you want to play again. It's a little bit more gentle. It's not gonna, it's not gonna uh, uh, hurt you too hard. Um, and, and always good fun and in good condition. And then the last one is the the castle course, which opened here in two thousand and eight, which is just located on the, the 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 other side of St Andrews. So it's not down here on the links, um, but an eighteen hole golf course up on the cliffs. Beautiful. Just don't play it on a very very windy day. And I would imagine that you talk about uh, the old course being the old course and the new course being 125 years old, that people are surprised to find that there are those courses that have been built in the last 30, 40 years that that, that still make up a good chunk of what St. Andrews offers. Oh, definitely. I mean, I think the, the, the history of golf in St. Andrews is it always reacts to how popular the game of golf is. Uh, and, you know, every time golf gets more popular as the kind of the home of golf, more people come and play, more people are playing the game here. Uh, and that resulted in, you know, through the through the years, more courses get built to cope with demand, uh, and you know that's continued through to 2008 with the castle, and um, you know certainly the the demands there, uh, and it's it's it enables us to provide a pretty unique golf offering in terms of, uh, you know, all the all the different challenges there are. I do want to go back to the ballot. I, I meant to ask you this at the in that moment, but when people do find out that they have gotten a tee time via the ballot. Uh, are courses generally then receptive to understanding, okay, let's see if we can move you around so that we can accommodate you being able to play in the old course? Yeah, I, I think I think we've got really good understanding with the courses that are in the area, and I think everyone understands how important that old course tea time can be for somebody who, you know, it might be their one trip to Scotland, it could be their one trip to, to St Andrews, and they've always wanted to play the old course. Um, you know, you hear lots of stories where, you know, other courses, whether it's Kings Barnes, uh, the new links at Dunbarney, where they are willing to be flexible in terms of if you are successful in the ballot, they'll try and accommodate you on later in the day, earlier in the day, the next day. Because um, I, th- I think you know it's it's that kind of golf environment as well, where you know we all we all know how much everybody wants to enjoy it and how important it is. So. And it just goes to show that people should plan in advance and then just you know come in if they don't have an advance time, go with the ballot and see exactly how it plays out for you. Oh, definitely. And I mean, I think even with our courses, you know, if you enter the ballot, you know, there's no reason for you not to make a booking on the new or the Jubilee. And if you get drawn on one of the, you know, in the ballot for the old course, then again, we'll happily try and switch tee times around and accommodate you as best we can. You know, it's, um, I think it's the beauty of St. Andrews is you've just got so much golf around that you can base yourself here and really enjoy yourself for three, four, five days. um, You know, you don't have to go too far. For our listeners who are interested in visiting the home of golf, what should they consider to make the experience the best they can be in advance of going? I mean, obviously there's the planning of the golf, but there's certainly other things that they should probably be ready for to experience. Yeah, I mean, I think it goes without saying, Scotland, be ready for the weather. Um, I think be, be ready for a little bit of different conditions than you might experience in the in the U.S., uh, depending on where you play your golf. But I think Lynx golf is really unique. So, I mean, anything you can do in advance to get ready for uh, the wind, the rain, um, Changeable weather forecasts is, is, is beneficial. Um, I think sticking to the golf primarily, I would say, um, you know, if you're playing the old course, a caddy makes a huge difference. I have to say, you know, it's it's uh, a lot of people say it, but it's true. Um, I think those guys make a huge difference to your enjoyment of the round out there. You know, the old course has got 110 bunkers on it, um, and it's it's hard. It's hard to follow all of those in a course guide, but a caddy can try and keep you out of them. Uh, and the green surfaces on the old course are so huge as well that I think a caddy is worth their weight in gold in terms of, um, you know, helping you navigate those. I think in terms of, you know, broader coming to Scotland, coming to St. Andrews, uh, there's loads to do. Food and drink offering here is fantastic. Um, you know, you've got loads of history around you. 
Um, and I think, you know, there's just a huge amount of different things you can do to fill, fill a trip and, and, and have a great time. You talk about the weather, and I think a lot of people would envision that it's always windy and it's always gray and it's always raining. But that's not really the case. I mean, there are times when it's sunny. It can be windy and rainy, I'm sure, any time of year. But there are also the periods where it tends to be dry and tends to be wet. Yeah, I mean, certainly, again, you know, a lot of people think St. Andrews is in a bit of a microclimate. Um, you know, so compared to other parts of Scotland, we don't actually get too much rain. We probably get about a third of the rain uh, that other parts of Scotland get. So it is usually quite dry, which is why the courses tend to run firm and fast as well. Um, but we definitely do get, uh, you know, sunny spells. Um, Maybe not as much as a native Scotsman would perhaps like, but you know uh, we can, we can't complain too much, really. To be honest with you, it's um, it, you know th this year, for instance, I would have said April, May. You know, it's we we maybe don't have that traditional seasonal summer spell as you would hope for, but you know April, May can be fantastic. Uh, this month, just past September, was wonderful. You know, the weather has been incredible. So um, yeah, it just you, you take your chances and you get what you get. From an equipment standpoint, uh, you talk about the, the courses running firm, so people should understand how to play a ground game. But also, does that maybe affect how people would choose their footwear in planning? Like, perhaps you can play in something that's non-cleated versus having the, the, the heavy plastic spikes. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I think comfort, you know, golfers are all creatures of habit. Uh, and, I, and I think these days, you know, the technology that's available from a golf shoe perspective um, you know, I think it's it's whatever's most comfortable for you. Uh, and I think, you know, again, personally, if I was coming over here, if you've got the opportunity to go straight from the golf course to the 19th hole as well, you know, these days golf shoes can uh, are, are very suitable for apres golf as well, which I think is a good thing. Definitely. Now, another common question is on accommodations. And there are many options in St. Andrews from the most opulent resorts down to simple Airbnbs. So there's something for everybody. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that's that's part of, it's not just the golf courses that are accessible to everyone. I think, you know, the, the nature of golf in Scotland is that it's it's accessible to all, you know, um, and it, that applies to the accommodation as well. I think it's wherever your personal preference is, uh, you're going to find it here. Or if it's not here in St. Andrews, it's going to be within a close proximity to it. So if you want self-catering, if there's a group of you who want to hire a house and, and enjoy that experience, you can. Uh, or if you prefer that kind of five-star hotel experience, you get that all here as well. So um, I think I think the common denominator I tend to hear from people is that they want to be as close to the town centre as possible, because I think everybody enjoys that experience of if you can fall out of bed and the golf courses are there, which mm -hmm. is which again is a you know a key part of the experience. So let's just say one of our listeners is all set; he or she is ready to go to St Andrews. What do you recommend that every visitor do in preparation for this ultimate golf trip? He was that's a good question. Uh, Pack plenty of golf balls. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I think it's just, there's a lot of history here. And I think it's, it's, it's as much as possible. I think it's about making sure you can enjoy the experience. So, you know, if, if you, whether your golf game's in great shape or you, you, you hit a mid-trip uh, bad spell, I think it's about enjoying the surroundings, enjoying the experience, uh, and being open-minded to just playing a different kind of golf, a different style of golf than you perhaps are used to playing. You know, um, you know, it's don't nest. Maybe, maybe I guess one one possible advice would be maybe leave a sixty degree wedge at home, and uh, you know, start working on those bump and runs. Well, <laughs> that's probably a good, good bit of advice. Would you recommend a go to source of information for someone planning a trip to St Andrews? I'm obviously biased working for the Lynx Trust, but our website standards.com has has everything you could possibly need to know about our facility uh, and uh, all the things you can do here. So you know whether it's the golf courses, whether it's our golf academy, 
and the instructional elements that we offer or our retail offering or the, the you know the food and beverage in the, the clubhouses but yeah it's a great starting point and again you know anything that you can't find there the team here are always happy to receive inquiries from people so whether that's by email or phone or reaching out to us on social media um you know we, we obviously have a vested interest in looking after our our facilities and our golf courses but we uh more than happy to share any expertise and advice we can to anybody about a golf trip here. Now, we usually finish up by taking our guests back into their equipment history. We talk a lot of equipment. But in this case, I'm going to keep it simple for you. What's your favorite course at St. Andrews? I think you gave us a hint, but what is your favorite? Well, sometimes I occasionally have like my ultimate 18. Um, you know, so you, you can pick and choose holes from across the seven courses. Uh, I think... If I can cheat, I'd probably say two, if that's possible. Sure. I would say, I'd say for the experience, uh, even though I've, you know, I've been here for eight years now and had the opportunity to play the old course quite, quite a bit, I, I think you cannot match that feeling of standing on that first tee there. Um, and personally, we talk a lot about the first tee, but for me as well, the back nine of the old course, as soon as you stand on the 11th tee, the par three that everyone's you know, seen over the years, um, as soon as you play that hole, which is a fantastic par three, and then you're in that closing stretch where the town just gets closer and closer and closer, and you know you've got the road hole, you know you've got the Swilkin Bridge, and you know you've got that drive up 18 towards uh, the Valley of Sin, you, you can't beat that for a, a feeling, uh, and it, it's it's an incredible experience. I think if 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 it's if it's to play an 18 hole golf course, yeah, as you alluded to, I, I'm probably. I'm probably picking the new more often than not. Um, it's just a fantastic golf course. Um, and I th- and I think, you know, I, l- I love all the stories behind it. As you say, you know, 125 years old this year, old Tom Morris. You know, the, the more opportunity I get to play Tom Morris courses, the more I kind of uh, appreciate that he, he was just a genius in terms of, um, you know, maneuvering golf holes out of the land that was in front of him. And uh, it's a great balance. Of, it's got some of the best par threes on the links. Um, and it's just a really, really solid links course. So, I'd, yeah, if you can play the old, fantastic, but my second, if you come to St. Andrews, you've got to play the new. Outstanding. Laurie, it's been an absolute joy talking with you. When golfers hear the word St. Andrews, their minds just wander to what they would consider a golf dreamland. So I'd like to think that our conversation may have given them just a little bit of energy to, to think about that trip and given them some tools to make it become a reality. Um, I think every true lover of the game should experience the home of golf. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much, Ralph. Cheers. That was Laurie Watson, the head of communications for St. Andrews Lynx, and it really is the destination for all players who truly love the game and its heritage. I've not yet been, and a talk like this one gets me eager to start making those plans. Before we go, I've spoken in recent weeks about the popularity of golf right now and the booming sales of golf equipment. Of course, clubs and gear have been my focus for the last 15 years, so I wanted to offer some advice. If you're thinking about golf being a big factor in your upcoming holiday shopping, I would not wait in making those purchases. I know, I know, it's way too early to be thinking about gift giving, but with the recent explosion in equipment sales, coupled with global supply chain issues that have stemmed from the coronavirus, well, that means that there could be some shortages out there in the next few months. We're making our tee times earlier and earlier. Why? Well, because if we don't, we won't get out on the course. Well, this year, we may need to think in the same way when it comes to our shopping. Of course, if you're interested in golf equipment, 
subscribe to us on YouTube at The Golf Spotlight. For the latest on the range, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Instagram, it's The Golf Spotlight. On Twitter, it's Golf Spotlight. We welcome your comments there. Hit us up with any questions about anything in the world of golf equipment. I'm happy to answer any questions you have. You've listened this far, so subscribe to The Range on iTunes or follow us on Spotify or iHeart. We have new episodes dropping every Wednesday. That'll do it for this episode of The Range, so let's hit the course or hit the web and start planning that dream trip to St. Andrews. The 150th Open Championship will be there in 2022. And we'll talk to you next time, right here on The Range. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.